Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of the Now Bali podcast. This is a special feature episode in which we interview two incredibly interesting people from Bali 1928, a project aimed at repatriating Bali's earliest recordings of music, film and photography. This is a two-part episode and you're currently listening to part two of our interview with Bali 1928, so if you haven't listened to part one, we do suggest that you listen to that first. Thank you again to Genesis Creative Center for supporting the Now Bali podcast. Now, on with the show. Bali 1928 archive has three focus. Mm-hmm. The first one, as we've been, you know, uh, talking about discussing, is the repatriation, the return of historical documents, uh, hopefully in physical forms. But uh, we we have been uh, focusing more on the digital form uh, because there's these two perspectives in the world when it comes to repatriation. The first one is the international perspective, which uh, mentions that. Uh, you know, individuals, communities, governments, you know, they can do repatriation as long as they have the best facility and human resource to do that, mm. to, to store and keep and disseminate the physical uh, artifacts. Mm-hmm. And on the other side, you would have the nationalist perspective that says that, you know, uh, all these uh, artifacts, historical documents should be returned to the place where they originated Mm-hmm. You know, because it relates to the ne- the identity and the, also the cultural legacy of the place and the people. Uh, but we, uh, Ed and I, we we you know realize that we don't have the best facilities, but we do have this great momentum and chance. You know, uh, to start doing this, and into that we started in 2013, and we just took that 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 middle path that we just return the knowledge, the content. Uh, via technology now, and that is why everything was digitized, and then uh, that was the first part, and then the repatriation aspects of it. We com- we compile all the material, and we moved on to the second step, which which is the restoration. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are v- uh, blessed because Alan did really uh, immaculate, uh, you know, work for the restoration of the vinyls, the the or- the orgel, yeah. <laughs> The and audio, the mm-hmm. music yeah. recordings. And then with the collection of footage, uh, we took together, we started to do, you know, w- with the low res quality then, yeah, uh, we managed to really compile, uh, you know, uh, the visuals of Bali that complements the audio recordings. Uh, and then we did the editing, we did the thematic of it. And the last part, which really... Uh, made this archive, you know, sustainable and generating, you know, more and more collaboration by the day is the dissemination of the information. Mm. So before we talk about how we manage to, you know, persuade, entice, and get the trust by all of these um, institutions, institutions, yeah. the archive centers, uh, we started actually by going around the island with this collection with one of our speciality which which we call the cinema bali 1928 so we go around <laughs> to communities where these the recordings was done 
and then also the footage were taken by McPhee and the others and just to bridge that connection mm. so that is the 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 most interesting part and then we realized that in 2015 when we launched the archive using dvds and cds that technology by by the time was already obsolete yeah so we had to think like um we want people to be involved so how do we do that you know we 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 went to let's use the internet let's use uh, social media which took us quite a time to get the permission yeah but that really helped because uh it really made it easier to distribute all the information you know about what's going on with the archive and since then we managed you know uh, to do what we call the community based repatriation that's the first one where we go around we get people to be involved and also bring back the cultural memory from their villages from their communities to complement the uh, the material from abroad that's the first one and the second one is what we call the cross media uh, repatriation uh, just as we can see not only we have the vinyl records but we also collect magazines uh tourism uh brochures yeah which is really good and others you know to really give a even stamps wow. yeah so uh you know to 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 you know raise the magnitude of the collection and as we go along uh we 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 get more and more opportunities to unearth the collective memories from the balinese and the collection from abroad that really uh apa uh, brought you know uh the archive together yeah as a as a really as a, in terms of uh, a functioning collaboration not only between Ed and I but from you know f- including all of our friends and families and communities here in Bali we knew that budaya bali that the culture of bali and the arts are really integrated into the into the communities you would say in the villages yeah. but now denpasar is just a a whole map of different villages and even kuta mm-hmm. um has a lot of villages that are extremely maintaining uh their very ancient traditions that mm. I, i know of um so the idea was this has to get back to let's say the people right or to the villages as well as to the government entities yes. and the schools mm-hmm. you know absolutely but it had to be all of that and that's how we came up with that idea publish the CDs and the DVDs and people could have their own sets. Yeah. And 1000 is a lot, you know, <laughs> to distribute. Um Marla was doing it for a couple of a few years, yeah, true. you know. Yeah. And people would um get wind that their grandmother was, you know, in had been recorded. Um I mean, I could give you the the whole list. Ni Dayumade Rai was the name she went by, who was recorded four tracks of singing and the grandson yep. came to a seminar we were doing at Unud and um he kind of stood up with the question period and said um I could give you more information than you have about my grandmother. Yeah. Wow. And I said please come visit me in <laughs> Singapore and and he, you know he visited me and um uh told me that she used to wear a, a Cinderella dress um to entertain to actually yeah. do the singing in oh, North Bali. So um, th- there um so the point was the original principle was distributing to 
village groups to the Sika. So, mm -hmm. you know, if a group was recorded yep. in 28, 29, we made sure that the group, the village group got it. If descendants of the artists, we made sure that they got it and people who would. So it was on a very grassroots level as True. well as all the schools and yes. libraries. So, so we do have thing. a lot of and unusual. Uh, it's uh, I mean, uh, offerings, yeah. We do discussions, we do seminars, we do photography exhibitions because we do have a, a quite a large uh, collection, you know, more than 150 uh, photographs by Colin McPhee and then Rosa Kofarubias, also by Jack Marchand, Walter Spies, yeah. Arthur Fleischman. Arthur Fleischman too. And then uh, we are fortunate that uh, the support came also from Rio Helmi, one of our mm -hmm. visual bar in Bali that help us to reprint and reproduce in uh, in terms of the archive qualities uh, using organic materials you know uh, that that really uh, made the storytelling of the 1930s collection you know uh, more uh, inclusive and we go around and then especially with the cinema bali 1928 uh, <laughs> we were there were time that the Balai Pelestarian Nilai Budaya or the preservation of cu uh, cultural values, the department here in Bali, landed me their cinema car. So really, so not only that they, you know, screen, you know, popular Indonesian movies like mm -hmm. Laskar Pelangi, they would also screen the 1928 selected footage. Amazing. And we go around to high schools, you know, from junior high schools, high schools to universities, just to get people interested in becoming part of this, you know, uh, repatriation. There's, there's two parts of this that I find really interesting and uh, from discussions with both of you. And it's the effect that seeing this footage has on Balinese people. Mm -hmm. But there's, it's different effects for different generations. True. So mm -hmm. uh, first question is, sort of, I know that uh, Marley, you've told me before that there's a race against time to chase down certain people that you've identified who are still alive, mm -hmm. but they're very old. So there is a race against time. And mm -hmm. once you get them, it's quite a special moment to bring back mm -hmm. their own history. Kind of like, like you mentioned in that first, the first experience you had of that, somebody hearing themselves. And there was another example Mm -hmm. um, was it Memen Memen Redia? Yeah. Oh, Memen Redia. Well, she was the uh, Memen Redia is the Jang Air singer. Mm. I didn't tell you that story. Mm -hmm. I could tell you. Um, that one I think Marlis told me. But yeah, I oh, think this, this is a great story. This is a great story. Mm. Yeah. Right. I was just visiting the boombox story, but <laughs> with, with Memen Redia. Yes. I was just visiting her daughter-in-law um, last week. Um, actually, yeah. Well, I, I should start by saying that the one thing I wanted to insert is mm. in terms of repatriation of what or to whom, first I said to whom, yes, repatriation of what, is that we have the media, we have the recordings, we have the films and photographs. Um, but what the project has been from the very beginning, even the first interaction with Pak Burata when I finally got to Bali, is that it's actually a repatriation of the memories and knowledge of that oldest generation. So that's what my job has been the, mm. for the whole project, is... Um, visiting with a team of Balinese, um, a research team of Balinese friends who are uh, musicians, singers, dancers, theater performers, 
um, it, and the, who comes on the trips, the research trips, depends on who we're visiting. Um, but since 2003, um, that's what we've, and I'm st we're still doing it. Um, so it's been 20 years that we do this research. So it, in the year 2003, um, you could come across, say, the first one was um, Wayan Pagag, <laughs> who um, was in Tanjung Bunkat, Denpasar, and his group was playing uh, the gamban, the ga ritual <clears throat> gamlan gamban. He was blind and almost deaf, almost completely deaf. Mm. So we have a photo of, um, I gave his son these big Sony headphones to put on him, and we started up the, uh, the, the music, and he kind of yelled out, Demung! <laughs> Demung was the name of the ginding of wow. the song. So that was the first, probably the first one other than Pagbrata. It's kind of almost <laughs> like a reactionary, so like just like a reaction that comes out. Well, for it people, it's like. very emotional. Mm. And really, um, you know, the first volumes that we wrote, pu published in 2015, I wrote about, it was like 450 pages, mm -hmm. um, the CD notes. And it was really not just knowledge that I had ever had, but it was putting in years of visits to these um, all of these artists. Mostly, we were focusing on people who were 100 or 90 um, and still are, but there are fewer and fewer people now in yeah. 2022. Yeah. But so basically, it's the impact on people. Um, I mean, I could tell you so many stories. There was... Uh, Gedei Lila mm -hmm. in North Bali, so a village, Jinang Dalam. And there's a film of this elderly guy in 1930s performing the trompon. He was a gamelan musician, maestro, um, playing, but he was playing it in a way that was very dance-like. And we had no idea where this was. And it was just on one of my many trips to the Colin McPhee collection, I was looking through his glass slides. So slides back then were glass. Mm -hmm. And there was a photograph of this gamelan and this guy playing. And Colin McPhee had written in pencil, Jinang Dalam. And I didn't even know that was the name of the village. I came back and asked someone, maybe Pagbandam or someone, <laughs> what's Jinang Dalam? Oh, that's a village. So we went up there. And in any case, we um, wound up um, visiting the oldest people and um, learning that Gede Lila was the name of the trompone player, um, and his son was still alive. Gede Mataram was his name. He was like 100 years old. Wow. And he also couldn't see, but he looked at the film. He saw his father. He didn't know what a laptop was. This was 20 years ago. He didn't know what a laptop was, and he's looking, and he says, Papa. And then he looks up at his son, who was closer to my age, and he looks like, What's going on? Mm. Why is Bapa inside this box? <laughs> box. Yeah. So, um, so th these are just th there are like uh, two hundred stories like yeah. that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Redia was okay. So um, Katut Arini, Ni Katut Arini in Banjalaban, and mm -hmm. great Legong master teacher. Yeah. Who's been a friend of mine forever since seventy two. Um, and I showed her a photograph that I knew was Zhang Er from Kadaton, the village right next to hers. So she said, I think, you know, that's the 100-year-old 
woman <clears throat> who's a Jangir performer, and she lives right there. So the next day, a whole group, Katutsuriatini, Arini, Kodi, Katutkoni, I think Onki came, um, and um, Komang Onki there. Um, and uh, she, th we met Memen Redia, whose name had been Wayan Pampan when she was a little girl. And she looked at the photograph and said, Sing Tiang. That's not yeah. me. Tan Tiang. <clears throat> Tan Tiang. Yeah. Or, yeah, sing. Maybe mm -hmm. Tan or yeah. Sing. I don't know. <laughs> Depending <laughs> how polite she was. <clears throat> um, so we were all disappointed. And I said, well, you know, I have a bunch of um, Piringan Hitam, Orgo, recordings. Um, and I could play them in my tape, my boombox. So Mao Dengar, Mao, Mao Bisa. So I put on the Jang Air Kadat on the first track, and she said, um, Niki Tiang. Mm -hmm. That was her, the, she was the singer, the Pungu Gal, it's called the, the lead singer. And then we got to the next, we listened to the whole thing, and then the next one, she said, Niki Tiang. She was the singer for all of Jang Air Kadaton's yep. tracks. Niki Tiang meaning, this is That's me. me. This is me. This yeah. is me. Yeah. <clears throat> um, so not only. So Katut Kodi, who's a Dalang and Topang performer, <clears throat> read her all of our transcriptions of the, of the lyrics to the songs, but just based on listening wow. <clears throat> with headphones, and she would say, sing bana, uh. that's not right, you know, <laughs> and so Kodi was, we'd say, okay, okay, what are the, what and are she they? remembered all the lyrics, you know, she, she was about 94 yeah. then, she wasn't 100, but she was about 94 then, she was a 10-year-old singer in 1928. So she remembered all the lyrics. Not only that, but she remembered the process of being recorded. She described mm -hmm. that the Odeon or Becca, whoever recorded, I can't remember, there were two companies, <clears throat> um, that they would only allow for one take. So if the group or the singer messed it up, that was it. Because the acetate was, um, it was all beeswax. There was a mm -hmm. whole, you could look it up, Google mm -hmm. it, you know, but... It was a very specific um, process, and they only would allow for one take. <clears throat> so that explains certain tracks where there was a mistake. And we could hear, oh, the, there's a mistake, but mm. that was the reason. <clears throat> so anyway, um, she, um, yeah, she was an, an amazing resource. Mm -hmm. And we identified <clears throat> um, m many of the dancers mm -hmm. in the films. Yeah. In the, there was a Kovarubius yes. film of, of mm -hmm. John Eric and what, what else are you remembering from her? Because there was a which, lot with that. Visit. Well, which uh, <clears throat> came to surprise for her when she saw her. Well, um, when she, oh, so, so then, oh, okay, yeah, excuse me. So, um, so then I said, well, actually, there's also a film, you know, um, I started the uh, Kovarubias film, mm -hmm. and she's looking at the girls getting their costumes on and putting on makeup. And again, she says, Nikki Tiang, <clears throat> that was her, and she's actually smiling from Miguel Covarrubias. Yeah. She is this. She was a real performer from that, the mm -hmm. age of twelve or wow. ten. So, <clears throat> yeah. So she, we have her there, and actually, um, I had blown up a photograph, you know, a frame. I do this yeah. all the time. Is uh, if anyone, if I think of it, or if someone asks, always. Um, so if there's a descendant. Um, and there's a photograph, or we could do a still capture. Mm -hmm. So we um, printed up a still of her at the age of 10. And when she died years later, at the age of closer to 100, 
um, they actually used the framed picture for her ngaben, wow. you know, where they put it up yeah, on the wada. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so they had this photo, and nobody could believe it. Yeah. Arini told me. Nobody could figure out yeah, how did they have a photo of this. Yeah. Because, <laughs> so, I mean, back then, no one sort of, well, very few people locally had anything to record themselves. Record or photograph. Or photograph Even the great or, masters, mm, Idabagos Boda, yeah. who really was Idaboda, yeah. there was no photograph of him. His family, I know his his, fam his grandson, yeah. and they had no photo. They had a painting yeah. that a grandson yeah. had done. And so we came up with the first. Now we have many photos of him. Well, I mean, for these people, then, yeah. it's not really just repatriating an arts or like a recording of arts. It's for these people, it's repatriating their own family memory, which is yes. crazy. I mean, to think that... Yeah, never expected that. We never... See, yeah, it was always just imagined. sort of oral yeah. tradition, etc. Or if you met them, you just... Or didn't meet them. It's a culture. It's a culture. And it just kind of gets passed yeah. down, but to have the luxury that we've always had just to look back and like, oh, here's, here's grandma. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I guess there were so many generations who just were, um, yeah, they, they didn't have that. They right? didn't have that sense of yeah. the past. And then even from a, um, an artistic kind of, I mean, you could call it academic, but it's also just artists are interested in how things came about. Mm -hmm. For sure, yeah. The photographs and the films yeah indicate to people how is this done how is the dance done yeah so for instance G'day Lila I was saying playing the trompong in that way mm. now it it's, became it's like a learning resource Mario's or... eagle tron trompong or Kabyar trompong it's known as now right uh, yeah. by <clears throat> created by Katut Mario yeah. from Tabanan um, but <clears throat> now people are used to people playing that way but it had to be Colin McPhee's Read, my reading McPhee's description, and he was saying, well, in the North, this was around 1930, <clears throat> the trompong players turn it into a dance in Blaylang, in Singaraja area. Wow. In the South, they weren't doing that yet. Mm. So it was a Northern style mm. that McPhee's film shows us, oh, this guy, um, G'day Lila, was playing in that yeah. style. No, it's been so revived, it's incredible yeah. bukti, it's incredible proof, evidence, and you can't argue. This is one of the things about the yeah. project. So you can't yeah, argue with your ears or I mean, with your eyes. Yes. Mm. Aside so, from the challenges in terms of copywriting and licensing, mm. the internet has been really a great help, uh, especially the use of social media, uh, because uh, we want to invite and let people be involved to help us identify the personalities, the dances, the rituals, the scenery that is uh, contained in the uh, footage and that is why now our focus is more on you know what we do keep upgrading the qualities of the footage mm -hmm. yeah which is uh, thankful we we do have it now in 2k quality you know that really is really changes That's how high definition yeah, That's good so, so so really yeah. changes our uh, perspective on how to run the archive now mm -hmm. you know uh, and then, I mean, in, in terms of the first phase, you know, uh, by just letting everything out there, you know, mm -hmm. uh, it really, you know, brought people in, helped us, and uh, it made the exposure and increased the trust, uh, you know, to all these, uh, 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 you know, world archives that mm -hmm. this project is functioning well mm -hmm. and creating impact. Yeah. Because when we talk about uh, archives, you know, definitely the first thing you would, uh, consider is oh that's just documentation and archiving of yeah. you know all these legacies yeah. but the 1928 archive has been elevating the game 
and then to focus more because Ed has shown it and then has published. You know, hopefully the book comes soon, Pak. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. So the, Ed has I'll been re- writing uh, mm-hmm. uh, these five uh, essays the, uh, about all the collections. So the second one is in terms of to encourage the research in terms of the wealth of the material. Mm-hmm. And not only, you know, it involves Ed, but it involves other uh, resource, yeah, uh, yeah. sources. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in terms of the younger creative community, the dissemination project has, you know, uh, expanded the interest, not only mm-hmm. academics now, mm-hmm. but the whole, you know, people of Bali, the society, you know, you, you, would, you would have, uh, you know, uh, activists of environmental activists that invites us to show the footage by McPhee and Kofarubias in terms of the sceneries mm. and do a discussion about how, you know, in the future, uh, these uh, NGOs, the government can safe keep the Balinese environment. That's, that's, that was actually going to be the second part. Mm-hmm. We were talking about sort of the older generation yeah. effects on them. Uh, Marlo, okay. as being Balinese, what are you seeing... What effects are you seeing uh, to the young generation when they're showed this footage? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, are, are you seeing a sense of nostalgia? Are you seeing a sense of, well, um, I, I guess, a pride? I mean, yes. they weren't there, so it's kind of have a hard. It's a nostalgia of something they've never experienced. So, what are the effects? What are the what are the reactions? Mm-hmm. And what do you think are the effects? upon the younger generation. It really Isn't gives it a... Terkeju, yeah, Terkeju, surprise. I mean, <laughs> it really gives the platform for the younger generation to become more critical mm. about the development of Bali, especially as, a, uh, you know, one of the most famous, uh, you know, uh, island. Uh, you know, and then uh, it allows them to really have a foundation to talk about Bali. Mm. And then, uh, as, I, as I mentioned before, you know, having these screenings with all these different kind of communities give us also different angles in terms of how to, you know, uh, make the uh, material available out there. You know, we, we did a collaboration with Walhi, and not only we, they provide us with uh, the time and the crowd to just enjoy uh, the footage, but they also created, you know, a, a zine for us and really made a reading about how the collection can be... Uh, you know, uh, a study uh, for, you know, uh, the Balinese. You know, uh, Wali? I don't yeah. know. <coughs> Wali is the Wahana Sorry. Lingkungan Hidup, is the, uh, in, in, uh, one of the NGO that really is concerned with the uh, environments here in Bali. Mm-hmm. And that gave us a different perspective. And, mm-hmm. and then we would have, you know, uh, other communities, uh, like theater communities that did... Uh, uh, you know, which comes to the third part. Uh, so after the archive and documentation, you would have the research. But for us, the archive has, you know, uh, allowed the rise of new creations, mm-hmm. you know, intermingling with the archives. Because now uh, there's been uh, a surge in using archive materials as new form of contemporary art. Mm-hmm. And luckily, we, we are so open, you know, we, we, we give that opportunity and there has been a lot of uh, performance art, you know, collaborating with us. Uh, I and Ridwan Rianto, one of our editors, mm-hmm. uh, we did a performance art called I Promise You Eternity, which really puts the perspective that these materials are, you know, living mm-hmm. legacies, they are living culture. And we projected, uh, uh, you know, on top of water, this and that with performances, 
which later become the idea as an addition when we do the screenings, the Bali 1928. So we bring live performances to give context. Mm. So uh, I'm not saying that you know we're we're going to the direction of making this a show. No, but as a, representa- a representation that uh, it's it's uh, developing more organic. It, it, it involves participation and collaboration. And not only now, it's a study about the specific arts and culture, as we mentioned in the 1930s, but it became a comprehensive study about the overall Balinese culture. You mm-hmm. know? So uh, I hope that this you know, uh, really proves t- mm-hmm. to our, our uh, collaborators uh, abroad to keep you know, supporting with new materials and the dissemination. <coughs> well, I didn't tell you the story about what one of the records were acquired through bidding. Oh, uh, yeah. several probably. Sef- yes, yeah. So bidding from bid, you know, on, um, marketplaces. <coughs> wow. Right. Yeah. On like eBay or something. EBay. Yeah. Oh, Alan yeah. was used. Well, one, Marla was always fond of this one, which was <laughs> the one from some small town in Texas. Yeah. And Amazing. I think that... Um, no, that was okay. So there was a guy in England who contacted us who had um, <clears throat> about three or yeah. four tracks of Jang Erkadaton. Uh, the one other thing I want to mention, because Marlo has pointed this out, um, during a period when uh, there was a y- period of months that I wasn't around, um, but the, the strong reaction from young people, especially mm. um, who were interested in the performing arts s- footage. Um, but the strongest reaction was the Linkungan Alam, the mm-hmm. environmental. What was the world that their grandparents yeah. occupied? Yes. Yeah. And luckily, it was really McPhee yes. who had some kind of ethnographic genius. He was a he was a pianist. He wasn't an anthropologist. He wasn't an academic. He was a composer and pianist. But he had the, the sense being in Bali, and he did really incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, photographic work of the natural environment and the trees and the plants and then following them to being harvested and then in the marketplace and then how they were used. So you got this um, incredible kind of uh, film ethnography from Mm -hmm. this pianist, you know, modern (laughs) composer in the 1920s and 30s um, that is an amazing resource for younger, for everybody to see what was the environment, especially as Bali is um, changing so rapidly now. Yeah. So, <clears throat> you know, that's one of the uh, things. And then, you know, yeah, go ahead. Oh, it's on that point, just because yeah. um, like you, uh, like you both, you've been, you've seen Bali over so many years. And like mm. uh, my, my dad's been here for uh, Indonesia for 40 years, right? So, and he's, you know, he's like a lot of expatriates, especially who have been here for 40 years. They're mm-hmm. so they're so grumpy about today. Mm-hmm. They're so grumpy about like, oh, yeah. Bali isn't the way it was, etc. Sure. And the reason is, is because they saw what it was. And exactly. I equate it to sort of tourists today. If it's your first time coming to Bali, you don't know any different. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, they might be the grumpy people in 20 mm-hmm. years yeah. saying, oh, mm-hmm. now Bali was yep. much better. Yes. So like, we're always looking back, but I never thought about it as um, the Balinese young generation not understanding their own environment from the past because they don't have that sense of loss if they don't see it. Exactly. 
right? So it's kind of like, <laughs> look where we've come from and look where we are. Re, what's the word? Sort of rethink where you think we should go. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, you know exactly. what I mean? Exactly. No, so it's like, something. Yeah, it's exactly. like a mirror. It's mm-hmm. like, that's where we were. Yep. This is where we are. <clears throat> this is what's happened in between. Where do you want to go? Where do you want to take okay. us? Right? And that is why we, we continue on developing what we call the uh, mirror archive. Mm. So we are open to collaboration with institutions that would present and display, you know, 10 to 20% of our archive at their archive. And then in return, we also display uh, their collection, which, co- you know, uh, that hopefully would relate, you know. Mm-hmm. And we really need this uh, community-based archive, you know. One day, uh, we were screening it at uh, Banjar Grincheng, one of the most, you know, uh, famous uh, hamlets in the bazaar. And we, I brought uh, one of the uh, photos from, of their Balikulkul. Balikuku is the bell tower. Bell tower, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then from the 1930s, and then I presented to them in uh, with a hope in return that they would unearth mm-hmm. VHS, Betamax, you know, cassettes, you know, from their neighborhood, and present that as a collection at the Banjar itself. Mm-hmm. So when we wanted to know more about, uh, you know, uh, <coughs> Banjar Grincheng or let's say Pliatan or the other hamlets. We would just need to go to their own banjar. So it really creates that connection. It's like a decentralized yes. network of museums. Yeah, basically. and imagine Bali <coughs> becoming an island of archives. Village yeah. museums. Yeah, <laughs> and then we're lucky because of that sense of longing of the old Bali, if we can say like that, mm. has helped us with donators that are sending materials to the archive for free. You know, like 8 millimeter uh, footage uh, films and then 16 millimeters postcards stamps, books, you know, and then we compile that, uh, you know, to, to become a more uh, comprehensive uh, uh, center for study. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, this, is, this is, has been, uh, apa, uh, became a, a, a leading example in terms of how to really make archival material uh, available for the public. Yeah. Because traditionally, it's it's like a national <coughs> level. Usually, it's a national mm-hmm. level um, initiative True. where, again, it's centralized back mm-hmm. in the country, but it's still back in an archive where it's un- inaccessible, right? right? So, this is a way of saying <coughs> we're bringing it to the country and we're bringing it to the people. So it's like a double effect that is and not normal. And then this effective <coughs> for the mm-hmm. archives. Mm-hmm. So nobody has been, you know really discussing, talking about McPhee or Kofarubias out of the academic circle. Mm. Yeah? But now suddenly people are interested in McPhee, in mm. Kofarubias. And, you know, day by day, we would see publications about uh, these uh, uh, researchers. Yeah. And we were so blessed that in 2019, it was a full circle because uh, during uh, the Balijani Festival, a government-sponsored festival, uh, we managed to do a collaboration and have two pianists playing Tabu Tabuhan. Wow. So it's a full circle, you know, having McPhee uh, borrowing and learning from the Balinese gamelan and then, you know, uh, compose his uh, own version about it. And then 
made him one awards, yeah, the uh, Art and Press Letter in 1954, and then suddenly you would have, you know, uh, young generation Indonesian playing that composition mm -hmm. in front of the Balinese public. Yeah, if that's not a sign of the art returning upon itself, uh, you know, mm -hmm. it, but in a modern More, format, yeah. right? So it's not sort of a circle, <coughs> it's a spiral upwards of it evolving but coming back around. <laughs> the best thing to hear now is what are, what are your plans and, mm -hmm. you know, what, what would you like, how would you like people to support you? Um, at, you know, yeah, how can people join you, support you, take part? What, what are you hope for? Well, right now, let me answer, and then Marlo can answer really more clearly on, on that. In terms of where we're going, mm -hmm. is um, we actually published those five volumes, DVDs and CDs, in 2015. Um, and then Arbiter of Cultural Traditions in New York published a five-volume set, which is available internationally, you know, through um, their website or through every internet kind of um, uh, medium of uh, dissemination. Um, <clears throat> but what's going on right now is that I'm completing the book, which is a compilation of and uh, totally uh, development of those five articles so um, that were written about everything that was recorded and all the films. So the book should be finished in the next several months. Oh, wow. Um, and it's going to be published as a book in English mm -hmm. and, in, and in Bahasa Indonesia. Fantastic. So it'll be published here in both languages. So there's that. And then there are two other books coming up for next year, um, which are based on the um, Margaret Mead and Gregory Bateson collection, which we didn't really speak of, mm -hmm. um, which uh, I also, w we have gotten um, the rights to repatriate and publish um, whatever is useful, mm -hmm. whatever we and our Balinese colleagues, or their Balinese colleagues, feel is useful from all of Gregory Bateson's films, which is about nine hours. Ten hours. But. Ten, okay. Ten hours. And um, hundreds of photographs, thousands of photographs, yes. um, which I have access to. So we have wow. access to, but I have gotten them and, you know, they're in my, my hard drives right now. Um, so we're putting together two more publications mm -hmm. beyond these, the book on Bali 1928, um, which is based mostly, which is based on the... Um, Margaret Mead, Gregory Bateson, films and photographs, but also part of that collection is Jane Below, yes. who we haven't really mentioned, who was Colin McPhee's His wife, wife yeah. um, and she was tr studied anthropology um, at Columbia University before they came, and um, it was Colin and Jane sitting in an apartment in winter of 3031, and Claire Holt had come back from Bali and had these records, and Colin, they listened to some of the Odeon records, and Colin turned to Jane and said, when do we leave? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and they got married and were here in six months. Amazing. Um, so Jane took, uh, Jane Bilow was an incredible uh, ethnographer. She did mm -hmm. a great book called Trance in Bali, yes, so and, another called, it, yeah. and another traditional Balinese culture, which was a collection of different essays. So she did incredible um, anthropological work, but also, really was her films were really uh excellent also so there's all of that footage and we're putting together there are two mm -hmm. different publication yep. projects um for 
Well, starting now, I mean, we've been working on it already. Um, we've been working so on it. When it's going to go through. into next year, sure. which yeah. we need support for. So Marla can yeah. talk about all that. So when we talk about phase <coughs> two of the Bali 1928 universe, <coughs> yeah, <coughs> so we already uh, have the publication of the McPhee, Coparubias, and Rob de Marie collection, you know. Uh, but the second phase includes uh, the new release of the high resolutions, hmm. which comes back to the point is how we will rethink the dissemination process in terms of the technology. So now we're developing uh, multi multimedia applications, which is cloud-based and also physical-based, which would accompany later the publication. And we're now trying to, uh, not saying to limit the access, but to create a pathway or gateway uh, for you know, more serious yeah, uh, access to all of these materials. Because after the McPhee, Koparubias, and Rob de Mare collection, we definitely have the two-hour Jane Bilo collection, you know, which really concerns with the sacred trance dance in all over Bali. Yeah. And we, will, we have the Gregory Betson and Margaret Mead collection, 36 and 13, 239. And that's 10 hours, mm -hmm. yeah. And not only about ceremonies, not, about, not only about dances, but also the uh, life and ceremonies concerning, uh, you know, uh, the life cycle of birth in Bali and especially the relationship between uh, children and mother. That's really amazing. Yeah. And then from there, uh, we we passed 1931. We do. We have to remember that in 31, we have the Pliatan and Ubud group that perform at Paris Colonial Exposition. Mm. We do have access to the materials, but we haven't really, you know, started the communication with BNP in France about that, because that is also one of the uh, important period. You know, the Expo in yes. 1931, mm -hmm. which was kind of like the export of. Yes. Um, to, to sort of live. Um, exactly. Yes. It was the yes. first, month. Yeah. first yeah. export of mm -hmm. live Balinese performers. Yeah. And <clears throat> we would jump to the period after independence. And then also, we, we're hoping to close with 1952, you know, uh, the uh, excellent uh, performance of the Kecha and also the Oleg Tumulilingan by Wayan Sampeh and uh, Raka Rasmi uh, at the Toast of the Town at Sullivan Show. So, yeah, yeah, and we have Christmas 1952. Yeah, so we have the collection of Sampe when he was a young boy that helped McPhee find his way back to his villa. Sampe saved his yeah, life. Yeah, and adopted wow. Sampe, not only teaching him mathematics, not only teaching him to write and read, but also took Sampe all over the island to learn dances from all the great maestros until Sampe performed in the US 1952. So we have. You know the storytelling about this, and we are working on that. And hopefully, uh, you know, as we go along, we would get more support in terms of more materials, more opportunities to go to communities. Uh, we are very happy uh, uh, for you know many corporations, including you, you know, that really open up the 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 door for us to, you know, talk about this, you know, for a wider. Uh, and more specific audience and we need corporations to be part of this you know uh, one of the best way to care about Bali is to really unearth its legacies yeah. and, and work from there and 
yeah now with the i mean i do believe the pandemic is over so now we're really looking forward to go out there to schools to you know to places all over bali and especially with uh ad you know that com- that comes uh, every couple of months you know, to mm-hmm. Bali well, to I've continue been back and forth yeah. except for this pandemic period of mm-hmm. two years and a quarter uh, not being able to return mm-hmm. but other so than we want to go out there back you know, and forth, forth all the time yeah, yeah I mean we we have been we have been uh, showcasing all these materials in front of uh, you know 50 100 people you know in the villages in the festivals but right. it doesn't matter if it's only five to ten people <laughs> yeah yeah because you never know, you never know uh, who's there and how they can also contribute to, yeah. you know, not only in terms of the archive, but to Bali as a, you know, yeah. as a whole. So it's not just about sort of paying it back to you for that information no. in that no. sense, but it's really like no. what effect it has and what mm. that can c- sort of wake up within them to do something. Well, forward. it's, it's right. on an aesthetic, artistic <clears throat> level mm-hmm. to the degree that, say, for example, um, kind of maybe the most famous Anklung group in Bali um, is from Sidan, Gyanyar. And it's actually in the village, they don't even call their group, uh, their music, Anklung. It's Klentangan because it's an old kind of the rayons are played sideways and that the instrument is Klentangan. Mm-hmm. So it's a very old um, form of Anklung and they were recorded in 1928. And um, I've gotten to know the musicians and the oldest musician. Um, <clears throat> Uh, Wayan Rata. Um, and um, when they first heard the Gending, the, the performance of the songs, the compositions, um, they thought, well, it's different. It's, it's simpler. Now we play more complex. And I gave them the CD. And um, uh, then, you know, the next time I visited, maybe six months later, um, they said to me, the oldest, but the younger, who is more my age, and then his son, who was a teenager, they said, actually, we've been listening to it, and we realized that it was more complex back then, and we're trying to figure out how to reconstruct it. Wow. And that was, you know, I've always had that in mind, especially, you know, my field has been vocal music in Bali. I wrote a book called Voices in Bali. Mm -hmm. Uh, Haven't translated it to Indonesian yet. But in any case, um, I'm really interested in how the styles were so different back then. And that's something that students and vocalists all over Bali are communicating with me all the time. Mm. Um, UNUD students at Udayana University who are listening to the recordings and then trying to, you know, to, um, to revive. Yeah. Well, to revive, to hear, um, to hear what people were doing then. Mm. Actually, the tonalities yeah. were different. So now the pitches. So things that kind of got lost or sort of changed so much over the years, bit by bit, um, they're able to just go back to the source and be like, oh, well, that's that's what's changed. That's it. So in terms of the instrumental music and the vocal music, it's it's a living entity. So we were just discussing that. We keep discussing this, um, that these materials are uh, William Faulkner, the famous quote, um, the past is not dead. It isn't even past. Hmm. And Bali, we were just discussing this more than me, um, is a great example of that, mm-hmm. that with our experience with these materials now, it's alive. Mm. <laughs> the voices are alive. The dancers are alive. The rituals are alive. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially as we get to higher resolution, it's more inviting to the, this generation. 
yeah. the people who are used to you know yeah. video and uh, technology like that yeah. so it's really an incredibly uh, moving thing we even have a metaverse for Bali 1920 oh is this about to say I'm oh. waiting for the virtual reality yes. version of it <laughs> okay. uh, we we made a metaverse uh, and then we launched it in front of our uh, of our colleagues from the media wow. just to show the opportunity about you know new environment to learn yeah especially for the younger generation who are really yeah. adept and you know born in, in with technology yeah, digital natives. yeah so yeah. not only that we are focusing on augmented reality but we also have been doing a virtual reality with this so hopefully yeah. one day you would see sampeh mario dance as a hologram soon <laughs> wouldn't that be very yeah. cool well mm. um ed marlo thank you so much for your time today um, yeah, i think everyone will agree that this project is amazing we're looking forward to it to grow um we're looking forward to the book we're looking forward to phase two three four five metaverse <laughs> nfts or wherever sure. it becomes um, yes but more than anything the effect that it will hopefully have on today's mm -hmm. generation going forward so thank you well thanks for your great questions yeah. you really uh, pleasure pleasure touch, touch them all so the right uh, bali1928.net bali1928.net but people who um are only english speakers mm -hmm. can, can go to edwardherbst.net okay. marla created the website so it's everything is collaborative okay perfect so we've got perfect. an english version and we've got the um yeah and the same version. basic materials yes. are on both, on both websites okay yeah. great well thank you so much and looking forward to sharing great your story yeah. thank you Thanks for listening in to another episode of the Now Bali podcast with me, Eddie Spears. This has been one of only a few interviews that we've featured on the podcast, so we'd love to hear some feedback from you on whether you enjoy this format and these discussions. If you did enjoy this episode, please share with a friend, subscribe, or rate us to help the Now Bali podcast grow. We would really appreciate your support. Thanks again for listening. See you next time. Thank you. Right. Excellent, Pat. Hey.